Hello, and welcome to the Four Bronx Community Podcast. My name is Laura Levine Pinedo, and I am the founder and the director of the Four Bronx Project. My journey has led me to such amazing neighbors with such interesting stories, and I am ready to share them with you. I invite you to join us as we meet members of our community, such as small business owners and so much more. Let's support local, and let's have a cup of tea together and chat about all things community. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. Today we are joined with Dr. Nicholas Figueroa. Hi, Nick. How are you? Hey, good morning, good morning. So, Dr. Nick Figueroa is a professor of Spanish. He received his PhD in Spanish linguistics from SUNY Albany and has taught at numerous universities and academic institutions such as Princeton and Columbia University. He is a linguist who specializes in phonology and for the past decade has coordinated various Spanish languages courses for diverse learners at different competency levels. Dr. Nick is the founder and moderator of the Latinos Urbanos Book Club, which reads, reviews, and recommends novels and literary works of art by recent Latino or Latina and authors of color. What started during the pandemic as a book club, reading amazing novels and meeting with inspiring authors, has developed into an organization that promotes literacy, literature, the exchanging of ideas, and the giving back supporting of our New York City communities. Since January 2021, his book club has done some amazing things. Through his book club, Dr. Nick has created and handed out several Latinos Urbano scholarships. These scholarship opportunities went toward helping students of color from their New York City communities with financial hardships amidst their academic goals. He has been able to successfully offer six deserving students and their families scholarships in hopes that it may alleviate some of their financial burdens. His book club is currently working with three schools in the NYC area, as well as one in the Dominican Republic, leading various back-to-school backpack drives to sponsor and donate backpacks full of school supplies, books, and necessities to families. Dr. Nick was chosen as one of the winners of the Deja Tu Huella campaign, in which musical artist Bad Bunny recognized Dr. Nick and his book club's community initiatives and donated $25,000. He is excited to find more grand and impactful ways to give back to his community. Good morning, Dr. Nick. What a way to begin a Friday. I feel like so much more intelligent just sitting next to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like a little nervous. Princeton. Oh oh my God. (laughs) So how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. You know, it's another beautiful Friday uh, morning. So just excited to be here to talk with you. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I just want to put a little um little thing about how I met you. Ooh. You and I met in high school. We yes. did not go to the same high school, but your high school was doing a play, Fordham Prep, mm-hmm. and I think this was what year? 2006? Oh my God, many moons ago. 2006, I think? Yeah, it was just like insane to me now. Um, and we did Man of La Mancha. Yes. yes. And there's video, which I'd prefer no one ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's cool. It's really cool. And then we reconnected like a few years ago. We lost, like, touch, and then we reconnected. So it's really cool to bring the past into the present and hopefully do some amazing stuff in the future. So thanks for joining. Of course, of course. So tell us a little bit about your passion of reading and learning in general. Yeah, so definitely the passion of learning started when I was a kid. You know, I was always surrounded by just positive influences. For example, my dad, you know, great teachers, schools that really pushed me to 
to keep on reading. You know, I remember being in the summer and the, the little library book clubs where they had, you know, competitions and an awesome, you know, book reading list. They just keep on reading these books. You know, I remember doing book reports. I remember all So these you liked all that stuff? Yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> oh my goodness. I <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. I just remember like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so you know what it was? Because there were so many great stories, you know, when I was a kid, you know, when I was way, way young from, you know, from things like where the wild things are or doctors goosebumps or things like that and I just had this you know knack and, and yearning to to learn more and to read more and to you know throughout school just keep on learning all the cool new things and it's been great you know it's cultivated over the years right um, you know all the way to college where I just love learning about you know different subject areas and whatever the case is and you know all the way till now where I'm running a book club do you like before this book club when you you know before you had a little bit more structure in your reading list and stuff like that how many books did you read let's say how often in, in a month yeah so great question so the sad thing about it Laura is that you know being in the university level being in college for so long I've been away from reading for pleasure right you know so when I was going for my master's my doctorate you know I'm reading you know tens of tens of books about linguistics and research and academic things that I was away from the, the joy of the reading so before the book club I really wasn't around that many novels and such it was because of that which made me start the book I said wait a minute you know there's got to be great books written by recent authors that tell our stories that tell you know about my histories and such I, that's not crossing my desk you know um, so the, not that many were just you know in my eyesight now did you feel growing up because I used to love going to Barnes and Nobles though did you Ooh. That was like the best. Barnes and Noble in the light in the library for me. And that book fair at school. I don't know if you used to have those scholastic oh, book fairs. That was like I was just looking at it yesterday. The old flyers <laughs> is just amazing. The, the oh, and the prices. Books. Imagine. Oh, we all got the poster at the end. You know, uh, rolled up. It was just a thing. Um, good times. Now, did you feel that? Um, there was no characters that you could relate to when you were young. Like, is that maybe what inspired you to do this club or? Yeah, so the the biggest issue was representation, representation, you know, because growing up, I didn't see myself in the novels. I feel like it's such a cliche thing to say when you speak to a lot of, you know, people of, you know, of different backgrounds, how we're not represented in the in the novels. And it was the same thing. And if that was and if there was a book that was out there, uh, it was like kind of like the token book. We were all supposed to relate to that book, right. you know. But even being a Latino and having so many different backgrounds and cultures as a Puerto Rican, I may not you know, um, fully, you know, relate to, let's say, a story about a, even a different Latin background and such. Right. So it was those token books we all had to kind of like read and we were, it was, it was you know, pushed over and stuff. And it was because of that, you know, when I started the book club, I said there has to be books out there. There has to be novels, recent ones. Right. You know, uh, not the old Don Quixote books and all the old books that we're all supposed to relate to um there have to be recent one that has to be and i know they're good ones from the authors from the community and i've been lucky that even in the past two years i found so many great ones so right so tell us a little bit 2020 happens the pandemic what you know how did latinos urbanos come into existence yeah so i you know the pandemic hit everybody hard you know so we're home we're not really going out it's been very difficult and it was during that time that i said to myself you know what there i i kind of fell in that loop of man you know there has to be a way for me to kind of reinvest myself back into you know reading stories that you know reading from authors who told our stories who spoke about our traditions our customs and everything that wasn't those token books 
And I just remember being on Google and just coming across different books. I said, wow, there's some, I think two or three, there's some great books that are out there. And I remember posting it on Facebook saying, hey, you know, randomly, hey, I'm interested in a book club, you know, that's focused on Latino, Latino authors, people of color. Is anybody interested? Right. And I remember getting a response about, from about 40 to 50 people saying, oh my God, what a great idea, you know, to reinvest back in your literature, I'm down. And yeah, it was that pandemic of being home and not being able to leave that really pushed me to take that time to go, you know what? Let's take that first step to see what's out there. And I also think people wanted interaction. So this is a way for people to come together. Even though we were separated, it was something to look forward to. And you used to do meetings over like Zoom? Yeah, so it started over Zoom. And it's just like you said, it was ways for people to kind of interact. But yeah, it started over Zoom until things got better. And then we were in person hitting hitting brunches and, you know, all the good, um, you know, family times together. So it's been great so far. Awesome. Um, What have you learned throughout this journey with your club? Like, is there any learning experience you've had or... Yeah, so it's it's giving me the opportunity to really, you know, have experience leading an organization. You know, leading an organization with, there's 10 of us in the book club, you know, with individuals who have careers, who have families, you know, who have children, who, you know, I'm dealing with, uh, speaking with authors and publicists and a whole just new world that I was just never used to before. You know, it's given me that, that opportunity to do such things, to give back, in, you know, to the community in more ways. It's opened up a whole new door for me. And I think uh, it's really, you know, given me an opportunity to hone in on those skills and, and, and learn from them and, you know, keep on meeting new people. And, and it's been great. Sometimes the best experiences in life, because, um, you know, the four Bronx kind of fell into my lap mm-hmm. as Latinos or Bronx fell into your lap. Sometimes the best things is like the best learning experience ever, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's just it's great. It's great what you do. And, and it's really important. And a lot of people really enjoy these books. Um, now, besides reading and, you know, learning about new authors and and exploring different literature, you are very big into giving back to the community. Is that correct? Yes, I am. So um, we have collabed a few times with uh, the shelters. The most notably for me is we did a Valentine's, it was a Galentine's event Mm -hmm. at a local domestic violence shelter here in the Bronx. Um, It was a, a It was an afternoon for them to celebrate self-love. Valentine's Day can be very um, upsetting for many women, especially women who are coming from domestic violence backgrounds. And so, you know, I reached out to you. I really wanted to start a book club in the shelter. So we had about, you know, 60 women, some of them who speak Spanish. So I reached out to you. I said, listen, I need a book in Spanish, you know, and your club donated these books to these women, Mm -hmm. um, bookmarks and all this fun stuff. And they really enjoyed it. And it was a book, but it was also a journal. Mm -hmm. So they were like journaling and, you know, they would meet and it was really, really nice. So I just want to say thank you to that. Thank you to you for that. And um, any other community collaborations that that you want to speak about that your club does? Um, so the beauty of it uh, is that not only, you know, we're always open to collaborations and such, and we've just been, you know, grateful for the opportunity we've had to be able to give back in the first place. You know, we've collaborated with uh, people like Kip, you know, Kip, uh, all middle school and stuff some of the schools okay. uh, for doing the scholarships and stuff right. we've, we've collaborated we're in the midst of doing back to school backpack drives so we're collaborating with different principals you know in the Bronx Manhattan area different you know the, the DOE different you know, academic, you know institutions 
and it's been great. You know, I just, you know, ever since the beginning when I first started the book club, I I said to myself that the moment I get a following, you know, I want to figure out a way to give back. And I've been grateful to work with some amazing people with you guys as well. And I'm just excited for whatever the future holds. How does it feel to give a scholarship to a kid? Like, how does that feel? Amazing. You know why? Because it's just, it's great. One of the beauties is seeing the, you know, the faces on the parents. You know, after we gave the scholarships, you know, speaking to some of the abuelita grandmothers in the room and going, you know, really thank you because, you know, this really helps. It goes a long way. And I think being able to, it's like a full circle, you know, growing up, knowing how expensive tuition and school supplies are to becoming an educator myself to then being, having, you know, the opportunity to give back right. feels fantastic. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a full circle, but really speaking with the moms and the dads and, you know, the grandmothers, how about, you know, how, on how much it really helps really is, you know, what makes it all worth it. And I feel that's sometimes or many times for children who are growing up um, in the Latino community, they are the first generation of their family to speak English, correct? Yes. So I find a lot of times when I work with people that they're the delegate between myself and the parents. And so it's it, there's a lot of pressure for these children mm-hmm. and, you know, especially some financial setbacks and there's all these different things that are holding them back. And it's just as an extra, I feel like it's extra pressure. It's a little bit harder mm-hmm. for them to do, you know, to go to school to get these degrees. And so, you know, having scholarships for them alleviates a lot of this pressure for the families. And it's, I think it's amazing. Yeah, we thought about if any little thing helps, you know, we thought of, I know we're not like the richest organization and everything, but we know that a little bit can help and go a long way and, and whatever the families can use or whatever we can do, you know, that's our goal. So yeah, you know, with these back to school supplies and all these things that are going mm-hmm. on, people don't realize that is a lot of pressure for oh, parents. Yes. And you know, when you go back to school, I mean, you know, you're a professor and you were in school this for many, many years. <laughs> There's a pressure to have new pa- a new pair of shoes, to have new school supplies, and you don't want to be the kid with a hole in the backpack. And you know, these things that. So it's really important. I think at any level, giving back is so important. And I think. Big or small, people are so appreciative of the donations and mm-hmm. of the community service. So mm-hmm. um, I think what you do is fantastic. Thank and you, I think you. you give inspiration and hope to kids that maybe not would have had it. Mm-hmm. So thank you for doing that so much. And you do this all over the city. Yeah, so it's been all over the city. And with the backpack drive, you know, just the first time we we're doing it outside the city, we just came back from Dominican Republic. Okay. In which, just, and just to piggyback what you were saying, you know, sometimes it's not even like the new sneakers. It's just like the basic necessities. I know. And, you know, yeah. we, after giving those backpacks out to the students, you really felt that, wow, like you know, this is really going to help and I wish we can do more and we're going to do more and um, and you can just see it. So I, I think it's a it's an opportunity for us and yeah, all over the city and we're going to keep on, keep on going. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I don't know if, you know, my mom was like working multiple jobs to make mm-hmm. ends meet and I remember we needed a scientific calculator. I don't know what grade that was. Oh my God. And she's like, wait, how much is this? And yes. Staples and I'm like, oh my gosh. That so TI-83 or whatever TI, it was, Yeah, or. so, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure for many, many families throughout the city. So mm-hmm. thank you to Latinos Urbanos for giving back and alleviating some thank of that you, stress for them. Um, okay, so now you really love music. Mm-hmm. This I know about you. Yes, yes, yes. And I know you love Aventura. Oh, number one fan. Number one fan, right? So um, do you actually play an instrument? Uh, so non-professionally, <laughs> you know. I know, but I've dabble. heard you. What is that? I've heard you. It's always been a couple of things. So I used to, actually, I used to love growing up, you know, messing with the piano and the keyboard, but I love percussion. So things like, you know, congas and maracas and different Latin instruments. I right. love playing. Okay, so if Lincoln oh, Center down, calls, down. you're not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me, yeah, no, 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 no. 
couple no, of more years. Yeah. What's your favorite type of, like, you like bachata, salsa? What do you prefer? Man, so I grew up in a salsa household, so my dad will kill me if I say anything else. But, Hi, Jack. Yeah, so. We love Jack Figueroa, Dr. <laughs> Nick's dad. But we can't have him on here because he would talk for, like, oh my God. five hours. Like, <laughs> he'll take over the, he'll the take sun over the and the moon and the stars would be in the sky. It'll be his podcast. Love you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, um... So, yes, yeah, so, you know, salsa was really big growing in the households. I get a lot of Latino families to tell you, you know, cleaning day on Saturdays, listening to the music and everything. And then it's just over the years, you know, merengue, bachata, you know, um, R&B, reggaeton, hip-hop. It's just expanded to so many different genres. Right. But I love all music. And they've come together. Yeah, it's come, it's come across, you know, together, the artists, the music. Yeah. I used to love doing dance performances and right. things like that. So it all kind of meshed throughout my years. Yeah, I love that crossover. Like, I've heard, I heard a song, it was like bachata chata mixed with mariachi and it's yeah. like that's like super dope i love that it's been fantastic with you know the new things that are coming out today now where in pr is your family from puerto rico so my dad is from uh, toalta puerto rico and then my mom is from mayagüez which is like the coast like the western coast okay and you love puerto rico oh yeah I, the I go, food is amazing oh, the food the music the ambience i go back every year to go visit it's fantastic i made a big mistake in life to eat for the first time mofongo in puerto rico oh. which is amazing but now I can't find it here like oh, that. Yeah. You can't. So now I'm like a mofongo snobby person. Nothing's so. better than the island. Food, drinks, music, just It's everything. just, it's, it's totally an amazing vibe. I was actually in Puerto Rico when everything was shutting down for really? pandemic. And it was very, so I'm like a little scar. It was like really <laughs> scary. Like cruise ships were like stuck. I know. It was, Ugh. so we were just chilling in the casino. I don't know if you know the, there's a casino there in San Juan. Mm-hmm. There's like a few, but, um, Awesome. Love Puerto Rico. Love Puerto Rican culture. And yeah. Love it. Love it. So sit at a dinner table with any author, alive or deceased, Mm -hmm. who are you sitting with? Yeah, so that's a tough question. There's a lot of um, authors. I think for me, especially because of his influence and the stories I've read in college, one author that comes to mind is Gabriel Garcia Marquez. He was a very big time, you know, Latin American author during the boom in the 60s. Had a really big, you know, uh, person who pushed magical realism, right? Okay. Which is like that storytelling of, you know, realistic events where there's magical elements. And he has written some of my favorite stories, Hundreds of Solitude, uh, uh, Chronicle of a Death Foretold. And he's just a very, very insightful, intelligent guy. Um, but there's so many different authors, you know. I want to meet Shakespeare. I want to meet the man who just like drove me nuts in school. Like, Shakespeare? Yeah, reading all his books. I said, oh, what, what, what does this mean? And, and driving me nuts. And, right. Um, and just different authors. But I, what I really want to meet is just, I really want to meet the new authors I haven't met yet, you know, coming up. Anyone in particular? Oh, and you know, um, the ones I really wanted to meet, I just recently met, you know, so Isabel Allende is a very big, very, very big um, author in the Latin American community. She, you know, I, I was able to, you know, go to her events and meet her recently. Um, a little bit of Acevedo, different authors have been fantastic. But looking forward to the new stories, the new books and, you know, the new inspirations. But yeah. And what's your advice to like maybe some young um people in the Latino community who want to write, who want to become authors, like what's your motivational words to them? Yeah, you just, ha- you have to start, you know, baby steps, you have to take each step. You know, we've been, t- I've been to a lot of different book events or, you know, uh, speaking to a lot of different people and a lot of the times there's a lot of pressure or, you know, that con- that constant on top that, you know, you won't be successful or, or you need to suppress your stories and no one's, or no one's interested in your background or your experience. And my advice is, is you know, it's to take 
take that first step, you know. Take that first step because the little baby step will lead to the next baby step and then you'll see yourself over time, you know, moving forward. Right. You know, and I think that's very important because a lot of people are scared to start. You know, they're scared to start. And if you get started, you know, you'll look back and go, wow, I can't believe two years ago we started this book club. I can't believe we've done this, this, and this. Three years ago, if you would have asked me, I would have never thought. I've you would have never thought this. this. Yeah, I would have never thought this, you know. But here I am two years later, having thingies from Bad, you know, won, a, won an award from Bad Bunny, have, have, have been doing community services, met with authors, won awards. I would have never thought that three and years ago. And you did ago. an interview for a French magazine? Yeah, so a French magazine. I from, mean, this is unreal. Like, did you ever think that I'm they'd be calling you from France? Like, we want to interview. And here you are in our humble little abode here. Yeah. And International interviews. I was just like, yeah, I got contacted from a, a magazine in Paris, local magazine in Paris, who heard about, you know, everything that was going on with Bad Bunny and wanted to bring Bad Bunny uh, to audiences in France. Right. Who, you know, and sought me out because I was one of the winners. We had an interview. Um, thanks to you, the community space, I was able, you know, and it was fantastic, you know. Uh, never would have thought about that if you asked me a couple of years ago. What's so. the name of that magazine? Um, the name of the magazine is uh, <laughs> off the top. I don't, have, I, you know, I don't really speak it's in French. 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 Okay. Yeah, uh, but the name of the magazine is actually called Society. It's in English. Society. Yeah, okay. It's called Society. Um, and yeah, and it came out in their magazine. And it's been a fantastic story, and you know, I hope it keeps on spreading borders, across cross borders. So, tell us a little bit about Benito. Benito yeah. is Bad Bunny. For those who don't know who Bad Bunny is, Bad Bunny is a multi-million selling, record-selling, mm-hmm. one of the hottest artists in the Latin community, oh, and everywhere. I mean, every you Bad Bunny, you hear him everywhere. You may not even know you're hearing Bad Bunny, but you're yes. hearing him. Yes, the moment I heard that my students knew who he was all the way in Princeton, New Jersey, I knew that, yeah, wow. What's his most popular song for people that may not? Oh, my. There's so many, but God, the most mainstream, let's say. Oh, uh, um. There's so many. But. There's so many. I mean, it's been things like, uh, oh, my God, that's not coming to me. Uh, songs like Te Bote, songs like, um, uh, oh, there's just so many. There's so many. Um, it's like I'm, I'm seeing all his albums and stuff like that and all the music, but it's, he's just been so inspirational. It's been, you know, right. He's been everywhere. So you get this phone call. Like, how did this happen? You yeah, get a phone so, call like. So originally the um, the opportunity was between Bad Bunny and his um, foundation, Good Bunny Foundation, and okay. Cheetos, and they just started this yearly thing where they've donated to they, they donate together five hundred thousand dollars towards the, towards the Hispanic community and I remember one day I was just uh, you know hanging out with Steph who's in the book club as well and I saw this advertisement that they were doing a deja Tojuella, you know leave your mark competition where you know they were donating to the community and if you were a TikToker or somebody you know who loved to give back to the community you could apply in which they would donate money towards your cause to go help in the community and I remember just on the last day that it was due this right. video submission. I remember looking at it and going, you know what? I should just do this because you never know what can happen. You never freaking know. Let me just do it. Uh, and then I asked the people around. They're like, yeah, I was like, you know, let me just do it. And I ended up, you know what? Let this film a video. So Steph helped me a lot. We bought some Cheeto stuff. We made a video, and we ended up win. And we ended up winning. And it was an email at first. An email. It was an email that said congratulations. Like, and you're probably like, this is spam. I thought then- completely spam. <laughs> I was like, oh man, don't you know, spam. You know, it's probably a, a print asking me for money or something I don't know what this is and yeah it was like congratulations you're one of our finalists uh, okay. for this award and everything uh, and well this was a year ago we'll let you know September 
of the of the results. And in September, I got another email saying congratulations. You know, you're one of the. And I was like, is this real? The whole time I was like, Dad, read this. Is this real? <laughs> um, and yeah, and it was just like, hey, on this day we want to do a Zoom call with all, with the winners because there was there was 20 winners. Okay. We want to do a Zoom call throughout at, the country. Throughout the country and That's in Puerto Rico. That's insane, Nick. And in Puerto Rico. Um, and we uh, and I remember the day of the Zoom call was during one of the classes I taught. Okay. Uh, so I'm there teaching. And I'm like, okay, it comes twelve o'clock. I need to be in the Zoom. So I was just, I, I know you guys wouldn't mind if we let you know we end the class early, right? Uh, so did that. Hopped on the Zoom and just saw amazing individuals throughout the U.S. Whether you know people in giving back to the community, people who are artists, people who are business people, uh, with great initiatives. And we met with the board of their you know philanthropic organization, and right. it was a it was a dope you know. Uh, meeting together and congratulations and I was still even after that I was just like did that just happen $25,000 yeah 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 and here I am looking at the zoom trying to find Bad Bunny in one of the little zoom squares but he wasn't he wasn't there I was looking for a Benito but you know it didn't come up but yeah so it was a it was a I was in awe for a while. I was in shock for a while. So. I think you're still, we're all still in shock. It's just amazing. Yeah, just, I was just like, and then everything that came of that, you know, uh, a couple of interviews with like news, you know, organizations and the, you know, the French magazine, it was just still in shock to this day that, that happened. And I just want to like emphasize this, you know, Dr. Nick is a resident of Riverdale. Yes. You are in North Riverdale. And, you know, it's just such, when, when somebody succeeds in our community, we all succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, you know, for you having this idea to winning this in like literally less than two years is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And it's a really great accomplishment for Riverdale overall, I think. So I think Riverdale's really proud to have you as Thank one you. of our community members. And I mean, this is so cool. I hope people learn from this, you know, to go and pursue your dreams. If you have a hobby that you like, oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. I don't have to. Just do it. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. Right? And just on top of that, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I just really want to say that, you know, I'm really grateful. You know, I'm really grateful for the opportunity and how far we've come and the, and the opportunities we've had to give back to meet authors, to have conversations in the community. You know, it's, it's been two years, but I'm very humbled at the fact that I've been able to come across some great, great, you know, people and students and families and such. And I just keep on hoping that I have this opportunities to keep on giving back. Yeah. So, like, what does this year have in store for Latinos Urbano? So, we're in the midst of doing the back to school backpack drives. Okay. Like I said, we just came back from Dominican Republic. So the next few weeks, we'll be meeting with a school in Manhattan, the Bronx, and Queens, etc., to give out more backpacks. You know, more bags and everything. Um, you're reading, uh, hopefully, you know, meeting some more, uh, reading some more great novels, meeting some more authors, going to more events, and hopefully doing another community service before the end of the year. Um, and then, yeah, that's what we have now. But you know, just at the end of the day, just keep on, you know, keeping to the core of who we are as a book club. You know, reading, you know, t- meeting with each other, uh, speaking about the books, and and kind of going from there and seeing what, what it holds for us. And is it one book a month? Yes. Yeah, so it's one book a month. You know, we okay. vote on the book and everything. We actually have a list that we all share of books that. You know, if we ever hear to write on the list, we vote, we read the book, and we and we meet over brunch. You know, we'll go uh, at some one of the book club members' houses on Zoom, etc. Meet with the authors, right? And just talk about it informally, just kind of like hang out, talk, get to you know, be with socialize, each other, socialize. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, one book a month we'll do. And like, what is the overall? Um like what do the authors say about this like they love they appreciate this book club yeah so we've the 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 thing that I'm most 
humble about is in the last two years we've had the opportunity to get a majority of the authors because that's pretty cool yeah it's been so dope they've been and the thing about it is a lot of these authors are you know from the New York City area you know are you know uh, locals are natives you know and it's been fantastic and you know uh, they appreciate the opportunity to not only you know connect with the fans and the readers of their novels but to open up that conversation and we've met from you know amazing people you know from Sochi Gonzalez to Elizabeth Velasquez to Juno Diaz who's a who's a big author you know as well so we've been we've been blessed and I'm just you know very thankful for it so I want to move more into you yeah Nick Figueroa Dr. Nick Figueroa you studied too hard for me not to say doctor (laughs) (laughs) Um, which local businesses do you like and in Riverdale, Kingsbridge, and which would you like to shout out? Yeah, so don't think of you know, don't think I'm biased, but Bronx Burger House has always been fantastic for me. You know, it's a, it's it's a home for me. And when I moved to the Bronx about eight or nine years ago, you know, it's the first place I went to, and I've always felt welcome there. And I felt welcome not just because of you know the interactions, but because of seeing that this was a home for you know not just people in the community, but people of all different backgrounds of you know of races, of religions, of sex sexualities, preferences, everything. And it felt like home. And I've met so many amazing locals and natives at Bronx Burger House. And it's been fantastic. And I see them all the time, you know. And it's great. It's the one place I can go to that I feel comfortable. And it's the one place that will put up with your father's shenanigans. You, you can keep you can, you can keep them. <laughs> what other places do you like to go to? Oh, man. So, you know, I love just, you know, what I, you know what I really love doing? I love going up and down, you know, that avenue. Because I see so many different diverse, you know, whether it's restaurants, whether it's Frida's Tacos whether it's, you know, Becofino, but just walking up that avenue. I just love looking at the different diverse food, you know, eateries and such and the community. I just love being in this part of the Bronx, you know, and, and it's, I've only been here for eight years, but it's been fantastic, you know. I wouldn't want to go anywhere yeah. else and stuff. Marshalou is like an up-and-coming little hotspot. Everyone yeah. has the place to be lately. It's, it's been it's been the place, though, you know, to be and stuff, so. So you like Frida's Tacos? Yeah, Frida's Tacos are good, you know. Becafino. Uh, Becafino. What's the thing good. your dad likes from Becafino? Oh, the veal. He always talks about, he never stops talking about that. Yeah, he just always, you know. <laughs> and then you get to Riverdale Avenue and the fantastic things there as well, places. So uh, I, I that's what I love about Riverdale the most is kind of, ha- you know, having that diversity and, and different. And, you know, restaurants and bars and just like that. That really makes it uh, uh, the place to be. Are you a coffee person? I'm not. I'm actually a tea person. So where do you go get tea? Uh, I usually buy it from... Or you just make it in the house. Yeah, you just make it in the house, you know. <laughs> and she's um, like, make it in the house. <laughs> I make it at the house. Uh, I'm not okay. a big coffee person, but yeah, tea. Tea's my go-to. Okay. And um, any place, where do you go grocery shopping around here? Yeah, so, you know, the, we'll go to the big places. We'll go to BJ's. We'll go to Cherry Valley. We'll go to... Cherry Valley is a great supermarket. Yeah. It's on South Broadway and Yonkers. Cherry Valley is yeah. great, you know. Um, BJ's, Costco, things like that. Um... We'll go shopping and stuff, but yeah. Where's your pharmacy? I mean, like, really nosy today. Pharmacy. My pharmacy is over here. It's the CVS. It's a CVS. It's, it's a CVS on 238. Is that CVS, right? Dry cleaning? Dry cleaning is uh, in Riverdale. What is the name of the dry cleaning place? I don't remember the Where name is of it? it. It's a, it's, um, it used to be, did they just close? It used to be up the block. I forgot the name of it. On um, Mashalu? Yeah. Scott? Was it? I think so. Something like that. Where's your Chinese takeout place? This oh, I have to that's know. Awesome. This is, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, the one near Chase on Riverdale Avenue. Chase is that it? Riverdale Avenue. What is that? Oh, my God. Why am I being Golden bad? Phoenix? Why am I being bad with names? Across think, from Sky- I, Skyview? I think so, yeah. Golden Phoenix. Why am I being bad with... Yeah. 
Yeah, I think next so. Next to the Tokyo house. Yeah. All right, now here's the most important question of this interview. Oh, no. Just kidding. Get me out of here. It could be anywhere in the city. We're not going to just stay in the Bronx. Okay. Where can we find the best... You're so nervous. You're like oh closing your eyes. Oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> Where can we find the best Puerto Rican food? Oh, my God. Besides, of course, Puerto Rico. But if we have a craving... Where do we go? Yeah, you got to go to El Barrio. You got to go to Spanish Harlem. Okay. Uh, on 106 and 3rd Avenue is the Fritura spot. It's, okay. you know, the fried. So you're going to get your arroz con habichuela with, you know, your penil, your pollo, your fritura, your bacalaito, acarubias. Ah, you're going to get all that great food. I love it. Uh, well, it's 106 and 3rd. Um, it's, I'm telling you, I, today I don't know why today I'm being bad with it's names. It's a truck or it's a storefront? It's, it's a storefront. It's a okay. storefront. Uh, it's a fritura fried storefront. And I can see, I can see the store. I can't think of the name um, But they are fantastic And then on the corner Of that block Is a bakery And they have such Amazing things Like you know Patelio de Guayaba And Tres Leche And all the great desserts That are on the same corner It's fantastic It's 106 and 3rd Avenue So shout out to Angie Our tech lady um, She is Puerto Rican as well hey, what And I think she's like Salivating here oh, <laughs> She's laughing nothing better. She's like We're going there for lunch When he remembers The name of this Yes oh, it's Nothing better Nothing better <laughs> Oh my goodness there, I, my favorite dish in Puerto Rico I don't know if there's a name to this but it was like a mofongo and shrimp mm. and it was like in a banana boat it was like a plantain you know what I'm talking delicious. about delicious yes it looked like a canoe yes 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 oh yes. my goodness it was so <sighs> so the and mofongo. the sauce <sighs> and the sofrito I think that's yes. what's the difference the sofrito yes. when it's homemade it's just so so good <sighs> nothing beats the flavor the taste of and it has to be stuff. homemade it has to be yeah so um Ah, oh, my goodness. I really want like some arroz con pollo now. I might have to go after this podcast. Go get I know some. we might have to get some because <laughs> I'm really craving rice and beans right now. Um, so uh, what's one thing that you love about living in Riverdale? And what's one thing that you would like to see change in the near future? Man, I think the one thing I love about Riverdale is just the people I come across. You know, um, the people I come across have, you know, so many different stories to tell and backgrounds and just interesting people, you know, that I love coming across. But the one thing I... You know, the one area I think for growth is just I, I, I hope to see more, you know, organizations working together, more businesses working together because, you know, there's so many fantastic, you know, areas in Riverdale that need to be shown, need to be, you know, that'd be great working together. Um, and I think if there were more opportunities where they can, you know, it can really, you know, the area can really grow. You know, uh, and I've seen, especially now, I've seen you work with a lot of different, and I, I think it's fantastic. You know, you know, as you work with different organizations, all the things that you do, and thank you, you know, shout out to Forronks. You know, it's, it's, I always love things like that, and I think it's something that we need. So if I saw more businesses working together, people, community, things like that, uh, I think we'd really, you know. Grow and I think us. what's what people don't understand, like you know, my day job, I am a restaurant manager here mm-hmm. in Riverdale. The restaurant industry, I think, we're all burned out. I mean, I, I don't know if it's other industries too. This, I can just speak about restaurant. We're all burned out. Um, it's just you know, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. People, I don't think people realize the amount of work goes into a restaurant business. Um, and you know, I feel that people don't have time. Like everyone yeah. is so busy. You know, so this way, doing like these collaborative things such as restaurant week or anything like this mm-hmm. they don't have time to do this but like together they have enough time to a menu and it just gives this like sense of community camaraderie mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. amazing and I think the community really enjoys that so um, any two businesses that you think should collaborate it could be at literally anything what do you man, think? I don't know. Oh man, there's so there's so many, and it's not even the restaurant, but just across. Um, man, I don't. I, that's that's a good question. 
Um, well, I think you really liked the Liebman's burger that we did. Oh, right? that was fantastic. I think you really liked that. That was good. That was good. Um, um, yeah, uh, that was a, that was a good collaboration. I remember going out there like, wow, that was that was a good that was a good meal. <laughs> what store do you think that like we're missing in North Riverdale? Like some people say an ice cream mm. shop. Like what's one thing you'd like to see them in these empty storefronts? Wow, an ice cream shop sounds sounds fantastic. It sounds amazing, right? It does. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of where do I go outside of the community because I don't have one in here. Um, I want to be free. Oh, oh that's a, that I'm, that I'm definitely missing. You know what? I want a little. I don't know. Uh, Cuchifrito, an ice cream shop, a little bookstore or something. Oh, that'd be so cute. Yeah, yeah, something, you know. It's funny because the Bronx doesn't have that many bookstores. It doesn't. I know it Bronx Bound not. Books is trying to open a spot in the Bay Plaza Mall. Yeah, which is fantastic. I know them, you know, Lit Bar, that's over, you know, Lit Bar's doing fantastic things. But there's not that many. There's no Barnes and Noble in, Bron- in the Bronx. No, they took it away. Yeah, it's so in Bay Plaza. Maybe a little bookstore, ice cream shop, a little cafe, you know, something or like that. Or maybe just merge all of that together. I know, one little epicenter, one little spot with some mofongo. With some mofongo. I mean, what else do we need in life? Right? That's it. Mofongo, ice cream. <laughs> And books. So if somebody wants to connect with you, reach out to you, learn more about this club, how Definitely. can they reach out, connect, give us all your handles? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, so we are on all the major social media. So, you know, the Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, uh, Twitter and such. Uh, if you look up our handle or the name of the book club, which is Latinos Urbanos, uh, if you put it in the search in any one of those things, you'll find us. You'll find our email address. And, I'm, you know, I'm always, always, always open to opportunities working with whoever, you know, that may be or just just to have a conversation or to talk about books or the book club you know I'm very accessible I'm always willing to work with people to meet and talk so uh, definitely if you get a chance you know search us up uh, reach out to us you know about anything and you know I look forward to it and you're beginning uh, working at what college in the fall? Uh, so I'll be starting at Columbia. Uh, I was at Princeton for the past four years. Uh, so now I'm coming to Columbia, which I'll be uh, hosting some book events. Amazing. In La Casa Hispanica, which is kind of like the Department of Spanish's, like, you know, uh, epicenter for events. So I'll be doing some book events there in October. So look out for that. Uh, but yeah, so I started Columbia in New York. So I'm excited to come back home and uh, try to make a difference where I can here. Well, I want to thank you for waking up so early on this Friday morning and joining us. And I really want to thank you, Dr. Nick Figueroa. It's been a pleasure. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much, Laura. Well, friends, that wraps up another episode of the Four Bronx Community Podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, email me today at laurafourbronx at gmail.com. Join us next time.